0: All right, everyone, I'm finally here. So we were uh, trying to get a guest host on the show, Shannon from over at Be Quiet, a really good friend of mine digitally for the last couple of years, but uh, I couldn't get the stupid Mac to capture audio and put it into OBS so you all could hear what he was saying. So it would have been just ended up being me hearing what he was saying, which makes for kind of a boring show. But anyway... Welcome to Talking Heads, everyone, episode 171, your once week live show for the latest in beer and tech news. As always, I'm Jeff. Thank you so much for joining the show. If you've never seen it before, we talk beer, we talk tech, we talk games, pop culture, news, entertainment, usually some Star Trek. This is a family-friendly show in both language and content, although I do drink alcohol on the show, and today I've got some really good ones in store because, well, I'm worth it. All Super Chats are read on the air, so long as they meet those family-friendly criteria. And if you want to join the Super Secret Chat and the even more Super Secret After Party, think about joining the Floatplane or Patreon. Links are both down in the video description. You'll get exclusive access to the Discord server, where you can chat with myself, John, Rhett, Steve, all of the regular hosts from Talking Heads, and keep the party going there all week long. Also, if you wanna catch us in podcast form, you can catch us over on anchor.fm or wherever your favorite podcasts are found. And if you're drinking along with me, alcoholic or not, let me know in the chat and we will give some early shout outs as we go along. Welcome to the show, everyone. Oh man, what a week. Let me just start with that. What a week. Um, So I actually have a video that I didn't quite get posted but it is ready to roll on both float plane and uh and youtube so pretty much as soon as this show is over i'm going to have that one go live um but it kind of explains in a little bit more detail what went wrong with um the flooding what caused the flooding in my house and kind of what steps we're going through right now to deal with everything um So, yeah, it was kind of a crazy Saturday, uh, to say the least. Hold on, let me get my chat open here so I can uh, at least chat with all of you. Maybe, if Restream will cooperate. There we go. So, yeah, uh, I didn't share this part in the video, but uh, it's a fun little anecdote. So the way I found out our basement had flooded was the power went out somewhere around three in the morning. Uh, I knew the power had gone out and our power was kind of fluctuating a little bit uh, given like some brown out kind of uh, activity right up until um, uh, I went to bed. And so when I went to bed, I decided I'm gonna shut down every computer. I'm gonna shut down all of my servers, all except for like, you know, our router and and modem. And, uh, and the Wi-Fi, so we've still got internet, but nothing else is running. Um, so did all that, wasn't worried about power going out or losing hardware or anything like that, uh, just went to bed. And uh, we were in the middle of a gnarly, gnarly ice storm. Uh, we got one inch of accumulated ice on just about every surface. Uh, so uh, the definition of freezing rain, it was raining like crazy, but freezing as soon as it touched ground. And so like literally an inch on every tree branch, every power line, every blade of grass had one inch of ice around it. Uh, it's it's beautiful looking when it hits the plants, but it's also deceptively uh, deadly because, well, plants aren't meant to hold up that much weight. And when you have as many trees as we do in Oregon, uh, that much weight does a fair bit of damage as uh we found out so anyway i went to bed uh woke up about three o'clock because the power went out just kind of went eh whatever rolled over went back to sleep went i'll take care of it in the morning if there's anything to take care of um we woke up about gosh i think right around five o'clock just just shy of five o'clock maybe um and my daughter woke in or uh, walked into our room, and she had a. Uh, we have a cell phone for her to listen to music on at night, and she had the flashlight on on it. And uh, she came into the room, and uh, she's like, "Mom, Dad," and my wife rolls over and went, "Yeah, we know the power's out. It it's okay." And uh, she goes, "Yeah, okay. Well, I have a flashlight, so so I'm good." And she shined the flashlight right in my eyes, and I went, "Okay, okay, cool. That's that's awesome. Uh, do you need anything?" And she goes, yeah, I could use a little bit of a snuggle. And and she's eight years old. It, it's a little, little scary, you know, power being out. It's it's always a little bit creepy. And so uh, my wife goes, yeah, just climb on in and we'll, we'll snuggle you real quick. And she goes, okay, let me dry off my feet. And I went, what? And she goes, yeah, my feet are all wet. I went, why are your feet all wet? And she goes, well, there's water all over the floor downstairs. And I threw... I, I threw my blanket off and I, I verbatim said, maybe next time you want to lead with that. <laughs> um, so I ran downstairs and stepped in ankle deep water as soon as I hit the last step. And uh, that was that night. Uh, so I, I spent about the first 45 minutes to an hour getting all of the... Uh, computers up and out of the water and uh, unplugging all the power strips now luckily the power was out and so the litany of power strips that litter my office none of them were powered on so the first thing I did was run around the office and go yoink 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 and pull out all of the uh, the the power strips just in case Um, last thing I wanted to be doing was standing in the middle of that room if the power suddenly came back on uh, got that, got all the computers picked up, uh, anything that we wanted to save up and off the floor. Um, and, uh, yeah, that was the rest of that night. So I did shoot the video while standing ankle deep in that water. Uh, and, but like I said, there is a follow-up video coming out, uh, probably as soon as, uh, this show is done. I didn't want to interrupt notifications of either side of it. Uh, but like I said, at the beginning of the show, uh, I was actually trying to get a guest host on here and uh, we couldn't get the Mac up and running in time because my streaming PC is still down and out. Um, it uh, The power supply didn't show that it had any signs of water in it. I know I said I dumped like two cups out of it. That was mostly being held in by the... Uh, the filter on the bottom of it is why it was draining so much water. But I looked at the power supply and it didn't have a water line. It wasn't wet at all. So I'm not sure why that's not turning on right now. Uh, But I guess we'll find out here soon when I start actually rebuilding my office. Um... Let's see. Right off the bat, we do have a $20 Super... chat. Oh, hold on. Let me rewind a little bit. Novella Hub, $5 Super Chat. Boom Island Brewing Company, Finn's Fog. New England IPA, 6.2%. I'm also drinking a Fog tonight, uh, as it turns up. Uh, John Jay, Cleanup Fund Donation. I definitely appreciate that. Thank you so much for the $5. Uh, Ray sends over $20 for the Cleanup Fund. Thank you. And East Coast Mods. Thank you, uh, twenty dollars for for uh, for your family. Cheers, Jeff. Thank you guys so much. Um, I will say there is uh, there is some good news that came out of today. Some some fantastic news. Uh, you'll have to watch the video to get a full explanation. But the full explanation or the the abbreviated explanation is that we got pretty much the best possible appraisal I could have hoped for as far as the property damage goes. That is the damage to the house itself. Um, I'm already to the point of moving things back into the office. Uh, So, oh man, Uh, Lipscomb Davis, $300 donation. This should get you at least a 450 watt 80 minus PSU. (laughs) Thank you, buddy. Uh, I'm I'm sure that will uh will get me back up and going. I I definitely appreciate that. Um, uh, am I insured? Yes, we are insured. Uh, however, keep in mind that a lot of insurance companies uh treat flood, earthquake, and sumps as addendums or additional policy required. Um, now, where we live, there is an underground river that flows literally right beneath my house. It's usually about twelve feet below my basement um we do have sump pumps in our house and as soon as i heard sump pump when we were buying i went we're getting insurance for sumps just in case there's ever a failure and uh but the thing is sumps usually have a pretty low insurance cap on them and in my case it was $10,000 uh so we are insured for losses uh due to a sump failure but only up to $10,000 uh It was looking earlier this week as if the repair and rebuild of the downstairs was gonna be in excess of 15,000 for water damage. Um, But like I said, we're already starting to move stuff back into my office and the girls' rooms will be cleared on Friday. Uh, So uh, the rest of the insurance money actually can go to replacing the goods that we lost, the actual items. Uh, So my daughter's books, a lot of clothes, a lot of toys. Um, and, uh, then I, I did lose quite a bit of hardware in my office. Nothing I'm too, too freaked out about, uh, a couple of, couple of really expensive power supplies. Um, I lost a be quiet 1200 watt power supply out of my test bench. Cause my test bench was laying on the ground. Um, uh, the power supply in my streaming PC is still kind of up in the air. I did lose an APC, uh, 1500 VA, uh, a UPS unit, um, and, and a couple other things, uh, but they're just things, you know, things can be replaced. Uh, I'm just happy my family's safe, and I thank all of you. You guys really, really brought a smile to my face this week, uh, honestly and, and truly. Uh, like, I'm, I'm almost always a very cheery person. I, I don't—I'm uh, never one to dwell on anything that happens or— uh, you know, get overly depressed. But at the same time, when you're facing situations like that, it's it's really hard to keep up that cheer and uh, you guys definitely helped. So thank you. All right. Um, would that not be covered by home and contents insurance? Uh, not if it's a direct result of a sump failure. Uh, so that's, that's the nomenclature in a lot of different insurance policies. So you'll have to check with your individual underwriter. Uh, for if you're curious on your own home uh but a lot of times there are exclusions when it comes to things like water damage like a burst pipe would be covered 100 because a burst pipe is just water damage however a sump failure is is a different category same with flooding if this was flooding from the street or rainwater that came into the house that would be a different category as well um earthquakes are a different category uh You know, most of the time when you buy just a basic insurance package, it's fire, theft, and and other loss. But the other losses have exclusions to what's actually covered. So make sure to go check your home insurance policy and make sure you're covered for things that you're worried about. Even things that you're not worried about. Uh, It'd be a great idea and great reminder for everyone to go look that up. Uh, Corey, $5 donation. On the plus side, at least you have a chance to make changes to your office if needed. Um, Yeah. Yeah. It didn't really need a whole lot of revamping, although it did need a fair bit of cleaning. And uh, this certainly expedited the cleaning process. Um, So, uh, and then Novella Hub, funds for books for your girls. Thank you so much, Novella. That is awesome. Um, Yeah, no, we have a list of, I think, 65 or 70 books that were lost uh, in the water because my... uh, Most of the children's books that we have are in my youngest daughter's room. We call her Little Bit. Uh, They were in Little Bit's room. And uh, we keep them in in just like a little two-by-cube bookshelf on the floor. And so the water came up three, four inches on all of those books. So, yeah, that wasn't uh, a whole lot of fun. But I decided I'm worth it, dang it. So I am going to have one of these. Uh, so I decided to break out this guy. Uh, I have two of the Bourbon County Stout Fogs. Uh, I forget who else sent me this one, but this is the first Bourbon County Fog that I got. Um, I think it might've been Novella. I think Novella, you might've sent me this one. Um, but anyway, uh, someone sent me one and then OG Root, uh, sent me Another, So I'm drinking the one duplicate that I have. Um, so this is the Bourbon County Stout Fog uh, 2020 edition. This is uh, barrel-aged. Uh, it's a barrel-aged stout aged in bourbon barrels blended with Earl Grey tea, black tea, and honey. Um, and I have been so looking forward to trying this one. By the way, 14.1%. Now I was planning on having a roaring fire behind me, but time kind of got away and it's already warm enough in here. I'm good. Uh, Robert, 10 pound donation. Have a beer on me, you'll need it. Greetings from the UK. Thank you so much and very good early morning to you. Uh Robert, $5 donation. Smiley face. How's it going? Uh Corey, $5. Uh so if your sump goes out, break a water line and blame it on that. <laughs> um, intentional damage to your water line is also not covered by insurance, I don't think. Now, if you fail in the repair of a water line, that is covered by insurance. So just be careful about uh how you fraudulently claim against your homeowner's insurance. By the way, it's not a good idea. Um but anyway, from the sound of it, pretty much all of our losses sound like they are going to be covered uh, for the most part. I think we are going to exceed the $10,000 limit uh, uh, with replacing a lot of things. But for the most part, like I said, the, the biggest things were were books and clothes and, and whatnot. That I, I'm bummed out about the books because they do have sentimental value to me. I read to my girls every single night before bed. Basically since they turned six months old, I've read to both of them every single night. Um, and uh, so it's a little hard to see some of those books ruined into like that, but uh, we'll get them replaced and we'll still have all those memories and everything that we can build with new books. So that's cool. Uh, Jim, $15. Uh, I've been in your shoes regarding sump issues. Uh, use it at... Use it as you see fit. Stay dry. Um, So thank you so much, Jim. I appreciate it. Um, Yeah, this is the second time I've had uh, flooding in my house. Not this house, but we had another incident in my last house that uh, flooded the entire downstairs. And that was about three weeks of remediation and full floor repair and ripping up drywall and trim and a whole bunch of other things like it it was just an absolute nightmare um luckily neither of my kids were born yet this is all the way back in 2010 maybe maybe 2011 um that all this happened so going through it with kids is a whole different scenario let me tell you Uh, $20 donation. John, hello from Texas. Uh, got power back just in time for the show. Excellent. So glad to hear you guys got power back. Um, one of the things I say in this upcoming video is, uh, number one, any donations in excess of what I actually need to recover from this loss, um, I'm going to donate to local charity uh, because there are still, as of tonight, about 150,000 homes that don't have power in Oregon. And we've been in the low 40s, high 30s for a low for a lot of the time. And uh, so while I definitely appreciate it and it's definitely needed to help get my studio back to where it was, um, there are other people who need, if I have any excess money, more than I do. So uh, anything that, doesn't go towards directly replacing like my daughter's books and the couple of pieces of hardware that I kind of need or projects that I had planned that got ruined um, is going to go back to charity. Probably the red cross for the warming shelters that they've, uh, they've started setting up for people. Um, Cause they definitely need it uh, a lot more than me. We were very fortunate. Uh, we only lost power for about four hours. Uh, I can't imagine the damage that would have been done had we been out of power five, six, seven days. Uh in fact, I, I got word about twenty minutes before the show the show started that uh my wife's parents just got power restored and they lost power last Friday. So definitely kind of uh kind of a crazy week for a lot of people here in Oregon and Texas and Tennessee and Kansas and just about everywhere else. Uh everywhere except Florida. Screw Florida. Uh, Alexander, $20, grab a case of PBR on me. I won't try shipping Treehouse in a small box again. Cheers. (laughs) Um, Actually, I just bought myself a case of the uh, Kirkland Citra IPA Session. Uh, That's actually been really solid. Um, I didn't expect that beer to be all that good, but surprisingly it was. Ian, $20 Canadian, uh, or $25 Canadian. Thank you very much. Appreciate it. Uh, sir commissioner sir commissioner commissar something $25 uh, hey man I hope this helps it's not much but you do a lot for the community and sorry you went off my page here you do a lot for the community and that is and this is all I can do to help wish you and the best for your family also everyone suffering from the weather to stay safe thank you and uh uh Mufjager Mafia Mafieger? Something like that. Sorry, I, I'm i terrible with, with pronunciation sometimes. Uh, $15, glad you're keeping your chin up about this. Keep on crafting. Thank you. Uh, Corey, $5, get a generator if you don't already have one. Actually, uh, we were, funny enough, we were already starting to research uh, whole home generators uh, before all this happened. And that is definitely going to be a thing that is installed within the next six months probably. Uh, is I plan on going out and uh, now Big Big Spoon says you spelled Tesla wall wrong. I'm actually looking at doing a propane generator. Uh, there's a, a couple of different things that kind of lead me to go that way. Number one, I think the Tesla power walls are freaking cool. I really do. But to get 10,000, 12,000 kilowatts out of them, you need five you know, power walls to run for more than a day. Um, Number two, there's no way to refill them if your services don't come back on. So eventually they will die. And if it was a situation like this week where it's been four or five or six days since you've had power, that's a big ask for a power wall uh, to keep your fridges running, to keep your freezers freezers running, uh, to heat your home. I mean, obviously we have a, a fireplace, but... Um, it's a big ask and that's a lot of power from, from a power wall versus having a couple hundred pound cylinders, uh, of propane and the ability to go have them refilled. Um, so, uh, I'm likely going to go with a propane generator just for a longevity standpoint and just for a, if it's an extended period that, that we lose power, I, I don't need to worry about it because I can either get it refilled or, whatever else the situation might be. So that's kind of where I'm leaning. Um, it's about $3,000 for the generator itself. It's about another $1,000 for an automatic transfer switch. Uh, the generator I'm looking at is a true standby generator. And so it automatically self-tests itself once per week and will send me diagnostics over Wi-Fi to let me know how it was and what what's the energy output and that kind of thing um, and alert me to any problems. And then uh, if the power is cut to the house, the generator will spin up and the transfer switch will wait 60 seconds and then shunt me over to the generator. Uh, so the home will lose power for, for 60 seconds, but then it'll kick back on and we'll be on generator power and good to go. Um, so natural gas generator. The problem with natural gas is when you run into like earthquakes or, or different situations like that where the natural gas system is not necessarily more reliable than the electrical grid and while i know natural gas generators are a thing and we did consider that um and in fact i've i've thought about going with a dual fuel approach as well because you can get dual propane and natural gas generators uh there's uh i don't want to rely on natural gas in the event of an emergency so uh yeah that's the plan uh fancy bro new member thank you thank you fancy uh, Twenty dollars from Michael Stevens. Thank you, Michael. I do appreciate that. Uh, Matt McGinnis, nine dollars or ten dollars? Excuse me. Uh, I'll be sending the a fixing the studio PC part package very soon. Uh, make sure to keep the the Titan box off the floor. <laughs> uh, thank you. Uh, actually, yes. Um, so someone donated to the channel uh, last week a, uh, a GTX ten seventy Katana from Galax and that box was on the floor now the box was sitting vertically instead of horizontally and it was very well packed so the katana is fine but i definitely had a moment of oh no no not that card any other card come on um but no the katana appears to be just fine so thankfully that one escaped and uh fixing the studio part package that that fills me with a whole bunch of intrigue so so thank you um Uh, Let's see. Ryan, $2. Take my Google Rewards money. Wish I had more. Thank you, Ryan. I appreciate that. Uh, uh, Hakovatube, $20. Uh, Thank you for your wonderful style and efforts. Your videos are inspiring and very helpful. This isn't much, but uh, hopefully a small contribution will help get you back on track. Thank you, buddy. Appreciate that uh scott 25 canadian jeff i want to help you from up here in canada as i understand how you feel i went through the same in 2016 chin up and chug onward continue to produce your amazing videos yeah um it was funny because like i said we were only 45 minutes or an hour into cleanup i i had gotten most of the the pcs and power strips and everything unplugged and and up up to the at least the stair landing will be where they'd be safe and i went i gotta grab the camera and at least do like a a two-minute piece to camera just say this week's gonna suck and it might suck for like a month but here here goes so uh like I said you can never never count me out for actually creating content and in fact in the meantime I was actually starting to call different office spaces to see if I could lease an office for a month just in case we were going to have to reno the the entire downstairs because I would be non-functional but uh yep doggo do a stretch oh, i was doggo on the on the show yep there she is <laughs> that's ruby that's ruby yeah her eyes open just barely uh, kosher $100 i know this isn't much uh, but i hope it helps out brethren thank you so much kosher much love brother Uh, Skull says, looked away. Was it Zeke or Ruby? Uh, Zeke is not in the room right now. I believe he's down the hall. Um, But uh, Ruby's on the bed behind me. Uh, Andrew, $5. I'm glad the katana is safe. That guy with the eBay listing won't budge. Yeah, we found uh, an eBay listing for, what was it, three or four katanas? And uh, while... I wasn't willing to spend $400 on a Katana because they're a really cool card, but at the end of the day, it's still just a GTX 1070. And uh, like I said, someone reached out and and donated that. So freaking cool. Uh, (laughs) Novella wants to know how Rambo is coping. Um, That was one of the funniest stories um, besides my daughter walking in and going, hold on, let me dry my feet off. um, Is while we were in the process of getting everything moved up from the basement and whatnot. Rambo most of the time lives downstairs. Uh, He will venture upstairs from time to time, but he gets along well with Ruby, but he doesn't get along all that well with Zeke because Zeke likes to chase him and and whatnot. Chase like cats and dogs. Um, Anyway, um, I brought Rambo up. I put him into our bedroom and I closed the door and said like, just chill here. You'll be fine. Um, And, uh, We're in the process of cleaning everything up. And all of a sudden I hear the scrambling downstairs and I went, oh, God, what happened? And uh, both the dogs are standing on the stair landing. I'm like, crap. They chased the cat downstairs and Rambo bolted downstairs, hit the water and bolted into my office and then jumped up on the couch. And so he's on the couch, like shaking and and trying to get the water off and everything else going like, I've made a terrible mistake. And so I had to pick him up and he's just like sopping wet and and mad and everything else. Had to dry him out and uh, get him calm before we uh, kept getting things uh, moved out. I'm gonna talk about this beer for a second. So uh, by the way, World Peas, $50 donation. Thank you so much, World Peas. I foresee some investment in shelving to keep electronics off the floor. Uh, There's gonna be more investment than that, but uh, yes, Definitely some investment in some more shelving. Definitely some investment in some more uh, garage shelving. Um, since we moved in a year ago, I've been meaning to get the garage completely cleaned up. I've got it to the point where I can park my car in it now, but there's still too many boxes in the way to move around it efficiently. So this this situation has kind of preempted or uh, motivated us a little bit more, shall I say, to uh, finally tackle the garage and get all of our storage in order as we need to so yes uh there might be some storage videos coming up there might be some some other things uh hops and brews wants to know what i'm drinking do you really want to know what i'm drinking john because because you're going to be mad so i want to talk about this beer so again this is the fog as i spill just a tiny bit of it on myself Speaking of Rambo, there he is. Um, So this is the Bourbon County Stout Fog 2020. Uh, Earl Grey tea, black tea, and honey mixed with a bourbon barrel aged stout. Uh, And that is just wonderfully smooth. Like, stupid crazy levels of smooth. But it's 14.1% it's, it's super, super sweet, almost bordering on too sweet, but it's playing that line very, very nicely, especially with the black tea in there. Um, You definitely want to be a tea drinker to truly enjoy this one. And I I do enjoy a a really good cup of black tea. Um, Yeah, you have just enough of that that herbal bitterness, uh, balanced with the tea. Um, there's, and there's a little bit of honey that just kind of lingers afterwards. But if you want to talk about burn or alcohol taste or whatever, there is none, there's nothing to this beer. Um, which is really dangerous. Cause again, 14%. uh kevin says uh wishing you and yours the best from just up north in forest grove hello i've spent quite a bit of time up there uh also did my a first time youtube purchase so good as any time uh or so good a time as any to figure out how this works thank you kevin i i appreciate that uh so yeah No, I spent quite a bit of time in Forest Grove. In fact, uh, when I was in high school, I got a, one of my only scholarship offers was to Pacific University up there in Forest Grove. Uh, So I did visit the campus at one point and and whatnot, but uh, it was a music scholarship and they only wanted to give me 5,000 instead of a, a full ride. So I declined seeing as how it's a private university and I think their average tuition even back then was something like 17,000 a year for in-state. So like, thanks, but no thanks. I'm going to go to community college for a couple of years because I don't have that kind of scratch. Emma says I drink Earl gray, Earl gray because of my grandparents. Then I watched star Trek. Yeah. Um, I started drinking Earl gray because I watched star Trek. Um, now, Earl Grey is definitely not my favorite tea. Like I said, I, I really prefer a black tea, um, but it's definitely not bad. Let's see. Do you like Earl Grey for the taste or do you just want to be like Picard? Uh, a little bit of both. Like I said, Earl Grey is not my favorite tea, but it's good enough. You know, it's uh, I definitely enjoy a good, a good cup of Earl Grey. Um... Not like Picard does, and, and I definitely don't order decaf, but yeah, this is good. Um, GI Pilot says uh, Whiskey Tribe did an episode on steeping tea into their whiskey. Um, so, for those who don't know, uh, March is going to be cocktail month here on the channel. So, every video, every live show, we're not doing anything with beer. Every video is going to be a, a different cocktail. Um And uh, so it's going to be a fun one, but I've got some really interesting cocktails that are coming up. A couple of like truly craft cocktails where I'm going to have to go out and buy some really obscure liquor or, or spirit or infusion or something like that to make them. Um, I'm going to go out and buy all the right fruits. So if I'm making a pomegranate, inspired one it's going to have an actual pomegranate not just not just syrup in it um i'm gonna i'm seeking out to do my cocktails properly uh for the next month but one of the things that i want to do that uh was introduced to me uh, a couple of years ago i think back in 2018 uh, we went to pax west uh in fact I, I took all the john Rhett and steve up there and uh one of the things we did was we stopped by the Starbucks roastery, uh, and they have a full bar there. And a lot of their drinks are coffee inspired, obviously. Uh, well, one of their drinks that was not on the menu was, uh, an old fashioned. And the, the bartender made me an old fashioned. I was talking about how I love going out and trying cocktails and, and, and whatnot and learning a lot more about the craft. And, uh, she reached out to me and said, or she 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 said, "Well, can I make you an old fashioned?" I said, "I would love one." She goes, "Okay, this one's not on the menu." I said, "Okay, that's totally cool." So she hands me the old fashioned, and I take a sip, and she goes, "I want you to guess how I made this." And I said, "Okay." Now take a sip, and I went, "It tastes like mezcal, but I know you wouldn't do that to me." She goes, "Nope." And I took another sip, and I went it's, it's like a Mezcal old fashioned, but you said whiskey, right? She goes, it's whiskey. I said, but it tastes like Mezcal. What did you do? And, uh, she goes, that is whiskey cold brewed through coffee, uh, and then made into an old fashioned. And so I'm going to recreate that, uh, that cocktail, or at least try to, I'm going to try to cold brew coffee with whiskey and, uh, see how that goes Uh, I've I've actually been researching a couple different techniques on how to do it and that's the one that I'm really really anxious to try so almost an hour in and no news and great chat can't complain Uh, this goes to cocktail march $10 from skull thank you skull fantastic job as a moderator Yep, uh, no, I I honestly didn't even have any news for this week. Uh, I haven't read any news. I haven't been on the internet since Friday. Like, it, it's been a weird, weird couple of days. Um, like, I, I have... <laughs> so, I did fire up a gaming PC. Uh, but the gaming PC that I have fired up is the PC for my Xbox project. Which is still in the works, but... This obviously put me behind schedule a little bit. Um, but running my single slot GTX 1650 homemade card. And uh, I've been playing remotely on that on the GPD Win. And it works great. It's, it's, it's a lot of fun. But uh, yeah. <laughs> so that's been my only PC time over the last five or six days. Is playing remotely on a five inch screen on a GTX 1650 i haven't done any surfing or i've followed twitter a little bit um so i know a couple of things that have happened but other than that uh, tech world nope not no no idea so apple m1 viruses ooh, that could be an interesting one uh seeing as how i'm streaming right now on an apple m1 uh i have a 2021 macbook pro or 2020 macbook pro i should say um Maybe you need to use Stadia for a month. Uh, I'll pass. Mars Rover tomorrow. That's right. Hope all the rigs are okay from the water. Your videos have made me look at, uh, at older gen stuff and make it worthwhile. Thank you. That's from uh, Deceptive Cobras. Thank you. Um, no, that's that's one thing I like doing is... Number one, I'm, I've always been geeky towards the server end of things. I, I love the high-end horsepower, kind of like there's, there's you know, semi enthusiasts, and, and I I mean like semi-truck enthusiasts, like Peter Biltz and, and things like that, where there's enthusiasts who build up their semi, tra- uh, their tractor trailers to extreme lengths. They're not even meant for hauling anymore. They're just, I kind of think the same way about servers where I, I'm not necessarily building a sports car, I'm building a semi. And I'm building it out of used parts and and things like that. And I still want it to do cool things. But it's not your typical Pimp My Ride style do cool things. So. And I got asked earlier today, why haven't I done any X58 stuff? Uh, The reason I haven't done any X58 stuff is because I lean very heavily uh, on performance per watt. Uh, And... While x58 stuff still holds up, if, if, big if, if you are overclocking for gaming. And even then, it's starting to be questionable because a 4 gigahertz, uh, 5650 kind of barely matches a Ryzen 5 2600 under the best circumstances, but draws double the power of said 2600, um, let alone a Ryzen 3600, let alone an Intel 10100. I mean, there are so many processors out there now that sip on power that are so much more efficient than X58 and run faster at lower clock speeds. That's what efficiency gets you over time. Um so while you can still game on X58, when you apply that to the server realm on a pair of 5650s, number one, you're only looking at 12 cores uh 12 cores, 24 threads. You're still paying $20 a piece for those processors, and you can't overclock them on a server platform. And so they're running at 2.66 gigahertz with a turbo of 2.9. They're not exactly speed demons, um, where the E5 2650 handily beats those at 2 gigahertz. So yeah. Uh, An E5-2667 is almost the same as a Ryzen 1600. Yeah, you're right. Actually, I'd I'd put it at a Ryzen 1700 because clock for clock, it's almost the same, but that's also a 130-watt processor versus a 65-watt processor. And so at stock speeds, we're talking half the power draw for the Ryzen 1700 Uh, and still slightly faster single-core performance. Uh, Arthur... $10 $10 donation. Just discovered your channel a week ago. Uh, inspired me to get working on my Net Plus certificates before graduating this fall. Cheers. Left Hand Brewing Bittersweet Imperial Coffee Stout tonight. Best of luck. Uh, left Hand Brewing. I love a lot of their stuff. Most of what I get out here is just their traditional left hand nitro stout. And that's always delicious. I've also had their, their white chocolate nitro. Uh, that's a really good one. Bittersweet Imperial Coffee Stout. That sounds really good from them. Um, I like I said, I really like uh, Left Hands Nitro stuff. It, it is so, so good. Um, so, yeah, that one sounds really interesting, especially a, a bittersweet and Imperial coffee. You have my attention. Uh, let's see, there were a couple more. Ba, 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 ba. I love how accessible use Supermicro makes high ish in server gear. Dual 2680v4 is a lot of threads. That is a crap ton of threads. Uh, let, let's, let's define that as a crap ton of threads. Um, I will say I do have a pair of E5-2699v3s coming in very soon. So 36 core 72 threads. That'll be fun to play with. Can't, uh, can't wait for those ones. Jeff, those Chinese ant, Antminer X99 motherboard from AliExpress worth a try? Uh, definitely, uh, I haven't used particularly the Antminer ones but I have used a number of others. Uh, I usually go Hunanji uh, uh, for a lot of my X79 and X99 stuff simply because I found them to be kind of the most feature complete. Uh, they're missing the least amount of features and they offer quad channel memory, they offer the right support. That kind of thing. Um, When you start going for the super budget stuff, like you can get an X99 motherboard, uh, Antminer and Machinist and a couple others come to mind for like 55 bucks. The the problem with those is often they're dual channel memory instead of quad, or they're using DDR3 instead of DDR4 to keep costs down. But the thing with the DDR3 chips is they're only compatible with certain... Uh, 26v3 CPUs. And so you have to get like the 2678v3 or a couple of other compatible non-listed SKUs from Intel. Um, R710 isn't worth the power draw anymore IMO. And I say that about a lot of of that gear, about a lot of the uh, X58 style gear, the C602 chipsets, um, where the power draw is far exceeding the return. And if you would just spend a little bit more and upgrade to at least x99 honestly the power efficiency between x99 and even modern cpus is not that far off uh the the x79 cpus the the c604 chipsets and so the e5 2600 v1 and v2 sandy bridge and ivy bridge they're still kind of what the modern processes are now they're only using ddr3 but ddr3 is a lot less expensive usually a lot of home home server tasks home home labbing tasks aren't all that memory speed intensive and so you can get a lot of memory for pretty inexpensive so yeah uh yeah the r720 is far superior yes i fully agree with that um but uh yeah i i've i've I had a love affair with X-58 for the longest time, Um, and to some extent i still do. And in fact, I have an X-58 video coming up on the channel. In fact, it was supposed to be posted on Saturday. I was supposed to be done with the benchmarks uh, that day and publish that video, but I haven't been able to finish the benchmarks, so. But no, there is an X-58 video coming out like next on the channel. Well, not next, but the next video I can film down in my office, Um, so yeah. A few R seven twenty XDs, R three twenties, and R seven thirty XDs. Ooh, very nice. I run my TrueNAS under Proxmox. Excellent. Uh do you have a PO box for beer donations? I certainly do. Uh it If it's not down in the video description, it will be very shortly. And as I'm speaking this, I'm sure Skull is busy copying and pasting. Uh, Craft Computing, 1567 Edgewater Street Northwest, box number 51, Salem, Oregon, 97304. Usually it is uh, in the video description. It is not right now. Okay, I will make sure and, and edit it in. Usually I already have that done, but this was a very hodgepodgey stream obviously i'm in my living room so yeah there we go there's skull want to send jeff something craft computing 1567 edgewater uh can't say much i'm still sitting on a xeon x5675 and an hd 5870 and 128 gigabytes of triple channel ddr3 how did you get triple channel and 128 gigs because you should be running 92 gigs or 96 gigs if you're actually in triple channel and that would still be with six 16 sticks uh so if you're running mismatch sticks if you're running a a 16 and a 32 or two 16s and a 32 which would kind of get you there um yeah, that would exactly get you there. Uh, I don't know if you're actually running in triple channel. You might want to check that. Uh, Nicola says I run my Raspberry. I run my server on a Raspberry Pi four with a two hundred fifty six gigabyte USB flash drive. Honestly, I've been toying with doing a. Raspberry Pi server stack for home lab use, uh, for a long time, a very long time. Uh, I think I might actually need to just hunker down and do that, where I can do a small home NAS and Pi-hole and a Unify controller and and some other features that people would actually use in their home, but have it be literally in a small Raspberry Pi cluster kind of setup. Uh, especially now that ESXi runs on Raspberry Pi. Uh, You can run uh, virtual machines on Raspberry Pi. Now, I know everyone always asks me why I don't use containers. I don't use containers because I like the individual settings you can dial in on VMs. Now, is a VM a waste of resources for some applications? Yes, it totally is. But if you have an excess of resources, why not throw the resources that you have at, burp, at tasks? So while you could run a whole bunch of containers on Raspberry Pis and, and the services and whatnot, you're still just sharing CPU time. And honestly, virtual machines pretty much do the same thing. So as long as you have the CPU cycles to run all the services that you plan on running, it's six one, half a dozen another. It, it really doesn't matter. Didn't think of Linode. Yeah, you could also run it on Linode. Hashtag not sponsored in this video because they didn't pay for this segment. But uh, no, the, uh, Linode has a lot of compelling options, especially for uh, low-end use. Like if you only need a couple of CPUs and and like 150 gigs of storage, five to 10 bucks a month and you can run just about any service you want on there. Uh, so this episode not brought to you by Linode, but the next one probably will be. So... Uh, linode.com slash craft computing today to get a uh, $100 60-day credit and, uh, and get your home lab started today. That's linode.com slash craft computing. And now back to the show. By the way, this space for sale. I'm really liking this. This is just a good, good stout. Um, The tea blends so well with that high-end, thick cut. It with a knife stout. That's just so good. Uh, I'm I'm trying to think of the right adjectives to add to this uh, and and descriptors for what this beer is. Like I said, I can taste pretty much everything that's in the description um i and I'm, I'm saying taste as far as i can taste the tea i can't tell you it's earl gray or black but i can tell you there's tea there and i can tell you i like it and i and i can tell you it balances very well with the the very very rich dark chocolate that is present in this stout um Usually there's quite a bit of a coffee roasty note because of the oak that the, uh, that the Bourbon County sats are aged in. Um, I'm not getting so much of a roast in this one. Um, so it's, it's a little bit dialed down on the coffee, a little bit dialed up on the chocolate, uh, and a very bittersweet dark chocolate. And you've also got that, like I said, a little bit of herbalness, herbaliness uh, in the tea in there and then just a little bit of honey to finish it off it's quite good quite quite good i can't wait to age this bottle for like a year or two and then try it again uh mike 25 dollars a little something for the flood recovery effort from the techno tim mod team oh thank you thank you man that is awesome and uh say techno uh tell techno tim what's up he'll know what i mean um, no, actually I have a shout out to Techno Tim coming up in the video talking about the flood because he and I talked off camera for a little bit. And uh, uh, he offered, if I need to like spin up some servers, if I have anything like I have to run, uh, he offered me a whole bunch of server space, uh, no cost. Just just send send him over VM files and uh, that's really cool. Um, none of my servers are so critical that I have to run them right now. like, And especially because most of my family doesn't have power. Um, we uh, I don't have to worry about Plex being done or anything like that. Um uh hops, so you're drinking my bottle? Um I'm drinking a bottle. By the way, I had three of these ones in my fridge today. <laughs> so um Techno Tim, I love that guy. Yeah. Uh but no, uh he was one of the first people to reach out when uh, when I posted that that flood video, and and like I said, he immediately just said what infrastructure do you need? I'll fire it up right now. And, and you just let me know. So huge shout out to Techno Tim for, for being there. And a lot of the other professional YouTuber community, YouTubers, uh, PR vendors, etc. Um they, they reached out in droves and and said, man, if there's anything we need from you, or if there's anything you need from us, just let us know. Like I said, one of my biggest losses as far as hardware goes was a uh, be quiet, 1200 watt, uh, pure power 11. And, uh, I mean, that's an expensive power supply. It's like a $300 power supply and be quiet. just went, yeah, that's cool. Anything else you need? Did you lose any fans? And I went, I think I lost a kid of like three or four Noctuas and they're like, okay, cool. Were, were they the high speed ones? I said, yeah, they were the industrials. They'll so say, okay, cool. We'll send you four of the, uh, of the, the high speed silent wing three PWM in 120 and 140. I went, Okay, cool. <laughs> That'll definitely cover me. Um, and uh, and I've had a number of other vendors reach out as well. And like, dude, did you lose anything of ours? What do you need? We'll get it back to you. So uh, honestly, this whole experience has just been just sways of emotion from, from you know, low to high and, and everything in between. Um, but, uh, but like I said, today we got some really good news and, and uh, hopefully it's going to be over soon. <laughs> Uh, uh, spastic $5 can't afford much, but wanted to show support for the channel and hope this helps with the recovery. Thank you so much. I appreciate that. SPX there in chat. Thank you, SPX. I appreciate it. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's been a week. It has been one heck of a week. Um, it's really weird because this is my first time in front of a camera since last Wednesday. And I don't remember the last, well, I I do remember the last time that I went this long between being on camera, and that was when we were in the process of moving between houses, and I could only do the live show because I didn't have a a great area to film in or the area was too loud or whatever else. Uh, So, yeah, it's been almost 18 months since I've gone a week without being in front of a camera um yeah let's see what else is in chat like i said i i looked up some stories uh retailers are already raising the price of the rtx 3060 are you surprised like it's not even announced yet you know it's going to be driven into oblivion Probably one of the funniest stories that I saw this week was that NVIDIA is going to start remaking the RTX 2000 cards, so we won't be able to buy those either. (laughs) Because you understand, if they start selling RTX 2000 cards again, it's not gonna free up the market space, it's just gonna mean that miners buy all of those cards instead of only the 3000 series cards. That's how supply and demand works. And miners' pockets are deeper than gamers. Who knew? So, uh. Sean, with a fifty-dollar donation, thank you very much, Sean. I do appreciate that. Uh, I really want to hear his opinion about my crappy server, but I am too poor to donate right now. Uh, LOD, send me some specs of your of your server. I'd be happy to to take a look you don't have to donate to get airtime on my channel although it does help so uh <laughs> i read as much of the chat as possible and today it's all about the chat um let's see shove it in a closet with its own OS- own ac uh andrew five dollars i just realized i got my wish fireplace talking heads also okay i occasionally see ivy bridge showing up it's showing its age in games can still hold 60 fps though Yeah, in most games at 1080p, Ivy Bridge will still get you 60 FPS. And to be quite honest, back in 2011 when Sandy Bridge and then 2012 when Ivy Bridge came out, no one expected more than 60 FPS. That was the goal, was 60 FPS, 1080p. Somewhere along the line, we started getting this accelerated need for more and more speed uh, or more and more resolution because what sells TVs is, oh my God, it's 4K. What sells games, they tried to say, oh my God, 4K, but 4K gaming just looks like 1080p gaming. There's not a lot of difference there, especially with anti-aliasing on 1080p versus 4K with no anti-aliasing. Like it's it's very similar. Um, but... Uh, the thing that does start to sell games is when monitors can start to keep up with the frame rates that your video card can pump out. And so we've seen kind of a a resurgence in super high frame rate monitors. And I say resurgence because if you remember back in CRT days, it was not uncommon to find high-end gaming monitors that could do 120 hertz at 800 by 600. Like we've been there before. And then we went to LCD because LCD is the new cool thing that uh can only display one resolution natively and can only drive at 60 hertz because the controllers are not designed to go any further than that um you know we kind of went backwards as far as gaming tech goes and it took us 15 years to get kind of back into the swing of things where 120 hertz might start to seem like the norm again now honestly most crts ran at 60 hertz anyway um but I remember having a 1600 by 1290 Hertz monitor back in 2008. Like it was it was still the thing. It was still the thing that you used. So uh, yeah, uh, there's been a, an uptick in high refresh rate monitors and availability and pricing of those high refresh rate monitors coming down. Uh, you know, you look at, at companies like Pixio who have 1080p, 144 hertz screens for like 160 bucks and and they're actually really good screens. Um and uh you know you can go all the way to 240 hertz and now 360 hertz depending if you're willing to to shell out that kind of money. And I will say 360 hertz actually makes a difference over 240 over 144 over 90 over 60. Like there is a measurable increase as you go up in the quality of your gameplay. Um I will say it's pretty much only for Twitch shooters. And I will say there's diminishing returns as far as how much money you have to spend versus how much uh, performance you'll actually get out of a monitor. But people saying, well, my eye can't tell the difference between 360 and 144. Your brain can. It's just you can't. <laughs> uh, LOD, uh, craft meeting So I run an MC server, Minecraft, with a Dell PowerEdge SC1425 with 12 gigs of RAM. I use this because it, I got it from my granddad for free, running CentOS seven. So a PowerEdge fourteen twenty five. Need to familiarize myself with the specs. Ooh, wow. We're talking socket six zero four when they sold advertised eight hundred megahertz for a front side bus and two xeon 64-bit processors at up to 3.8 gigahertz um by the way that's single core two thread for those keeping track um number one i'm impressed that server is still running I, i i truly am uh but uh that's a cool box uh out in my garage i have I still have two Socket 604 systems. I have one motherboard, which was a motherboard that I ran in 2006 with Intel classified chips. Um, so this, these were engineering sample chips of the Xeon Nakana core. They were two core four thread Xeons on the, on the 604 chipset. Um, now, for those keeping track, they never launched dual-core four-threaded chips for the Xeon 604 socket. Uh, these were, like, early production samples of what would later become the Pentium Prescott or the Pentium D uh, CPUs. Uh, they kind of experimented with these for Xeon and then they moved on to the 771 sockets. But, uh, yeah, uh, I have a pair of those out in my garage and I think I have a pair of 3.4 gigahertz uh, Xeon 604s. So one core, two threads, 3.4 gigahertz. Um, That's an old server. It's a very old server. Um, How many people do you run on Minecraft on there? That's what I want to know. Because, man, that's not a lot of horsepower. Um, and, And I know you're running that thing because you got it for free. But, man, if you had like $150 for like an Athlon 3000 or a, 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 G, a 3000G, like a dual core Athlon with a with a micro ATX motherboard and like eight gigs of RAM, it would crush that thing. And I don't even mean close. I mean, crush that thing. So, and draw like one fifth the power because those Xeons were, were hungry. Uh... Frank Mather, $10, uh, thank you for your videos. Uh, what's your opinion on Unraid for Plex server? Uh, honestly, Plex will run on just about anything. And um, I'm I'm not necessarily, I'm not anti Unraid, um, but Unraid is kind of like a do it all virtualization and file serve host where I prefer the feature set of TrueNAS and Proxmox or ESXi or even Hyper-V compared to what unraid gives you um so it's it's not like i'm i'm anti like unraid sucks unraid has its place the place that i see unraid in is you have one server and you want it to do everything in that case it's a great value if you have multiple servers though and you can afford to have dedicated hosts for different things there are better options out there plus unraid costs 50 bucks and everything else is free but um yeah uh plex like i said plex will run on just about anything um especially if you can give it just a little bit of encode power um so rambo went somewhere uh so yeah just a little bit of encode power so if you've got you know a a quadro p400 or a gtx 1060 or or some kind of pascal or better card you can get some great performance out of Plex on just about anything. So, yeah, that's my opinion on it. Uh, let's see. Tanner, $25. Love your home lab content. Just moved my main server to Proxmox and I will get my other one on Proxmox here in a few weeks once I get some more time. Excellent. Thank you, Tanner. I appreciate it. Uh, Patrick, $5. The L Frank uh Baum Oz books are great are good children's toys. Uh, five ducats for the book fund. Thank you thank you. My daughter will definitely appreciate that. Uh, yeah, we're looking at uh, not only replacing a lot of the books that we lost, uh, but we're also looking at kind of expanding the library and and moving forward a little bit. Because um, like I said, we, we have an eight-year-old too, and I read to both of them every night before bed. So uh, eight and three are, are my my two daughters. Uh, Josh, $10, building a uh, an HP Z440 project while I watch. Xeon E5-1603v4 uh, to Eon's 2680v3 CPU swap. Really enjoyed, and in- I've-, I've really been enjoying your channel. Thank you, Josh. Um, yeah, the Z440 is a great starter place for a lot of X79 no, slash C612, isn't it? Um Uh, chipset systems. Uh, They're pretty easy to work on. They accept pretty much any hardware, which is actually shockingly still rare for HP systems. They kind of went a little bit more proprietary with a lot of their gear, especially when you look at starting with like the Gen 8 uh, series uh, servers. They're, They're a little bit tough to work on sometimes, but the Z440 is still a great platform. So no, and the 2680 V3, great processor. So have fun with that. Uh, uh, Lina, Lynn, Lynn, I'm going to say Lynn, uh, $25. Always enjoy your videos and, and wanted to help out a fellow Oregonian. Cheers, man. I really appreciate that. Or whoever you are, (laughs) male or female. I don't know. Uh, Andrew, $10. Do you find an old non X86, DEC, IBM, and Sun server sexy? I have a SunSpark Ultra 45 in my garage. Uh, maybe not feature-wise, but just how things can be uh, can be organized. Um, they're certainly unique, uh, and I say this streaming from a MacBook M1 ARM-based processor. Um, there, there's different different things that are more efficient at, at different projects, different workflows, and uh, while. I don't see the point of running anything sunspark today. It's still a unique platform. And at one point I had a a version of Ubuntu running on it. Uh, I I've had, I think three sun ultra 45s, uh, in my time. One of them, only one of them was a dual CPU system where I had both CPU slots populated. I had all eight Ram slots populated. So I had something like four gigs of Ram in there. Uh, Might even minute. I think it was eight gigs, because I I think it was DDR two days. But uh, yeah, so I've 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 played around with some some non X eighty six hardware. What I'm really looking forward to is seeing what Apple does with ARM moving forward, because you know, the M one was just a tease. The M one was just a sampler of kind of what's to come. Uh, Especially if the rumors end up being true about a thirty two core high power ARM CPU. Not like 16 light and 16 high power, but like the high, the four high power cores that we got in the M1, but cranked to the max and 32 cores inside of a Mac Pro expandable tower. Oh, like give me some of that. Give me some of that. But yes, I, I do find alternate architectures a little bit sexy. Yeah, not going to lie. Uh, Joel says he's running an HP Z600 dual 5650s 48 gigs of RAM and 4 5 terabyte drives and a 1 terabyte SSD pretty solid little rig um no I ran dual x5650s in a couple of different systems that I've had uh most recently was a Mac Pro that I did I think way back in 2017 I think I rebuilt that system um yeah, it was one of my earlier videos. I actually have a video on on upgrading that system and and flashing it over to a uh, uh, to a version 5.1 Mac, because it was only a version 4.1 so it wouldn't take the the fifty six hundred series CPUs. So, but no, they and honestly, those CPUs still kind of have their their place. They're they're certainly not the fastest things anymore, and I don't recommend anyone go out and buy them anymore. But At the same time, I also don't feel this huge rush to need to replace them if they're still doing what you need them to do. (sighs) Uh more ultra Star spark content please. Um I don't know what more I would do with it. I don't know what I would do besides showing it. Um as I said, the Ultra 45 I want to say is from 2007. So yeah, 14-year-old Ultra Sun spark technology. Um like I'd love to get some IBM PowerPC stuff in here like a PowerPC 11 kind of thing that would be a lot of fun to get. Um, I'm definitely looking forward to when Apple finally releases the tower arm CPUs, how those are going to end up. Um, but I, I just don't know what, what I would do with a sun spark to make it interesting. Um, I'm more likely to do a Xeon socket 604 video than I am a sun spark (laughs) video, but thank you gear seekers for the, uh, for the thought. <laughs> uh, long time viewer, what's the main topic today? That, that's what we're talking about. Jeff with a video running OS2 Warp. Um, actually, I had toyed with a video of why do I like computers? What are the games and systems and programs that got me to love PCs? Um, I've toyed with that idea a couple of times, maybe going back and showing some are some of the the games that brought me into the PC ecosystem and why I fell in love with the ecosystem and the gaming environment itself. Um, and uh, and start like way back, like Warcraft One. Uh, Dark Sun, uh, which was the Dungeons and Dragons title for, for DOS. Uh, Harry Who It, you know, the Bugs Bunny hair days. Uh, so many old, old DOS games that made me a PC gamer for life. Uh, Austin, $5, had the chance to get a free alpha ES45 server. However, I didn't want to see my power bill go up. Uh, went with the McAfee FW 1100 rebranded R610 instead. Um, yeah, uh, <laughs> I, I could see not wanting your power bill to go up. In fact, uh, someone sent me over a pic of a brand new quad socket Intel server, with quad 1800 watt process uh power supplies in them today so and uh he goes uh i bet you'd like to play with these but i don't i doubt you'd like to see the power bill and i said i don't even have a 240 30 amp socket or circuit to run those on let alone (laughs) let alone keep them on descent yeah oh i was a i could dry i could fly the descent uh ship like a sewing machine using only my original ibm keyboard um so i had a custom key map that i had saved where i would have both hands so i would have hands on one number pad and these hands on wasd oh yeah old school uh, by the way, that was before WASD was the default move key. Because before, we used the arrow keys and then control to fire and space to activate and X to jump. That used to be the key combo. Uh, and then we found out that you could fit a lot more keys into your range if you went WASD. But that didn't happen until like 2000. So, yeah. Uh, but no, I I had a, a custom map for, for Descent that... It was literally like flying, like I felt like I was like El Cars flying a ship, like flying a shuttlecraft in Star Trek. It was pretty good. Yes, all the Descent series. Yeah, no, I I still go back and play occasionally. Uh, I have um, Free Space and Free Space 2. I will still go back and play those. I still go back and play Descent 1, 2, and 3 as well. Uh, Great, great games. Diablo was another one, uh, another dungeon crawler that I sunk way too much time into um Jeff flying a spaceship uh with a typewriter kind of felt like it <laughs> but in in my brain it was an Elcar's control panel and I was, you know, navigating like like a shuttlecraft or something. Yeah. My first VR experience was with Descent. So was mine. Yeah, on on the old like what looked like a hollow lens kind of projection system uh, I don't even remember the name of that headset, but it was this giant bulky headset. Like I said, kind of had these lenses that are very reminiscent of HoloLens from Microsoft. Um, and, uh, it ran at 640 by 480 and 30 Hertz. <laughs> like modern specs. It was awful. And even back then it was like, Ooh, it looks really pretty, but I'm going to throw up. It was awful, but also awesome. Uh, let's see, Ruben, five dollars. Hope the flood didn't take out too much. Uh, any plans for a Plex VM GPU encoding tutorial in the future? I actually just did one, uh, not that long ago. Uh, running Plex with GPU encoding inside of Proxmox. I did a full tutorial on on doing pass through. Um, uh, so pass through okay for me, but not encoding properly. There's a couple of different steps that you have to run to make it encode. Number one, you do have to have a Plex pass because it is a premium option inside of Plex. Uh, number two, you might need to either, uh, you need to verify that it is truly passing through and the NVIDIA driver is working inside of Plex. And you can do that by typing in NVIDIA SMI to give driver information for any NVIDIA cards that are installed inside your virtual machine. Uh, if you do that and it shows nothing, then you don't have actually have the card installed properly. If you type it, and uh, you get an error, likely it is still detecting your virtual machine is running as a virtual machine and it will disable the card. So it's like code 43 in Windows. But I do have a full tutorial on how to get Plex up and running with GPU pass through inside of Proxmox. Uh, Andrew, $5. Uh, Set Blaster A220, I5T1, <laughs> H5T6. Oh, yeah. I remember setting interrupts and IRQs and. All that jazz. Yep. Uh, hopefully Blizzard doesn't uh, go full reforged on uh, Descent Two Remaster. Yeah, we hope. We hope. Um, but man, I would. Uh, I-, I would love to relive the Descent glory days. In fact, the the glory days of flight simulator games in general. I know we just got um, what is the EA one, the Starfighter or whatever. Um, and it looks good, but I haven't brought myself to purchase it yet. And we're all waiting on uh, uh, Squadron 42 and whatnot. But there's just been such a lack of open world space flight sim games this decade. Like, it's it's a little disheartening because I remember playing um, the old Chris Roberts series. You know, the, the old... Uh, Uh, oh gosh now I'm drawing a blank on the name someone will correct me in chat Um, but uh, all all of his old games and and Privateer and and, and whatnot those were fantastic yeah, Squadrons Uh, yeah, Star Star Wars Squadrons thank you Um, but uh, yeah, it's there's been a, a genuine lack of good space sim games um i have played elite dangerous and while it is very good it's very very good um and it's very in-depth it's also it feels a mile wide and an inch deep um where it feels i'm doing the same seven missions over and over again and and this is a lot of the challenge that space flight sims run into um, because I can go all the way back to, like, Maelstrom, which was a two-dimensional sp- uh, space civilization-style game uh, with very little combat, but but very similar. There's only so deep you can make these games without making them repetitive, uh, and it's a really difficult mark to hit. And there's been some games that promise to have you know, endless, endless voyages. And and did I ever pre- play Freelancer? Of course I played Freelancer. Um, I couldn't get over that the control was mouse only because, God, I only ever wanted to fly that thing with a joystick. Um, but it was terrible. So, yeah, I love Freelancer as a game. I hate the control scheme, though. uh uh nick five five dollar australian i'm assuming that's australian Uh, i want a freelancer sequel and remake perfect blend of world building sim and accessibility all the macro aspects none of the micro yeah uh yeah wing commander with with mark hamill is og i do agree um wing commander is is what i was trying to think of the old the old chris roberts games um ember says i miss land parties so do i i so miss land parties the kind of land parties that I could bring my own rig to and, and set up the rig. Um, in fact, for my bachelor party, I hosted a land party with like 10 friends and it was awesome. Warrior one on 386 uh, did it for me. That's Kevin, $5 donation. Thank you, Kevin. I appreciate it. Uh, yeah, no, uh, Warrior 2 uh, with the ATI 3D Rage Edition which was the full 3D-accelerated uh, MechWarrior 2. That's the one that did it for me. Uh, that's the one where it's like, I'm never going back. Uh, like, I had a lot of fun with a lot of the DOS games and, and everything else. Uh, and But I would say between Descent and MechWarrior 2, those were like, console ain't got nothing. Like, Metal Warriors for Super Nintendo was a phenomenal game that no one remembers, but it was a MechWarrior-style 2D... 2D scroller platformer um, that was actually fairly deep in the mechanics. Uh, and and you, there was like seven different mechs that you could drive, all with different abilities and defenses and offenses and, and whatnot. And uh, they were a heck of a lot of fun. But yeah, Mech Warrior 2, I'll never get over playing that on... Gosh, what was that system? It was a Windows 94. Five box, I wanna say. And it was one of the first three D accelerated Windows games. Yay, my new power strips are here. I haven't seen the cat in a while. He's he's been floating around. Okay. <laughs> I, I just saw him like two minutes ago. Just sure you're yep. Uh, let's see, uh, Dan Bongo, $5, been toying with a Dell T5500, uh, dual 5680s as my toy, as my toy home lab. Thanks for the inspiration and everything else. Here's to the water recovery going well. Thank you so much. I appreciate that. Yeah. Um, no, I actually owned a T5500 for a small time. In fact, I think I still have a T5600 out in my garage. I'd have to go look. Um, I only have a, s- I only have the single CPU. I don't have the daughter board for the second CPU in memory for it though. Um, but uh, I do have one. So they were fun systems. They were really fun systems to build. Uh, Novella Hub says, say hi to the producer. Um, I would, but she'd yell at me at this point because I'd have to yell. Um, yeah, producer audio. Yep, yeah, producer showed up momentarily. Come here, Come say hi. Come say hi. Come say hi. Get up here. Get up here. There's Ruby. There's a Ruby girl. Yeah, I do Rue. <laughs> Xcom is great. Um, I never really got into any version of Xcom. Like I just couldn't. I didn't I didn't buy into the universe. I didn't buy into the gameplay. I didn't buy into the mechanics. I don't know what it was, but it's this game that seems to have this incessant following and one that I've never understood. And and I, I make no I mean no offense to anyone who likes Xcom. It's just not for me. I I don't know why. And I like games of that style usually. I just couldn't get into it. Uh, Kerbal and Civ Five got me into computer gaming. Uh, But now it's PS2 emulator and ROMs that keep me going. Yeah. um, There's one game that I'm so irritated you can't emulate properly. And that's Burnout Takedown. That's Burnout 3 Takedown. Um so racing games were the other things that i am just hooked on i love racing games i love any racing game um f-zero go down the list i love racing games um but burnout three takedown was the perfect blend of arcade and destruction and and full speed and and physics don't matter but but still just a good-looking game, and and it was for the original Xbox and PlayStation 2, and you can emulate it on on the PlayStation 2, but there's a consistent issue with the PS2 emulation of it, in that it turns the sky black, unless you turn your renderer over to software and then back to hardware inside the gameplay every time you load a map, and for some reason that'll render the sky properly then, but every time you load a new map, it goes back to a black sky, And it's just breaking. Like the game runs perfectly, except for that. But I can't get my head around wanting to play it for more than five minutes if every time I load a new level, I have to go to the menu and go software encoding, apply, okay, menu, renderer, hardware encoding, apply, okay, and then refull screen the game and I'm back in. It's like, that's just not worth it to me. And I know it's so finicky and I know it's such a nitpicky thing, but I just want to sit down and play the damn game. I don't wanna be repeating the same sequence of of mouse clicks over and over 40 times to play you know 15 levels. It doesn't make any sense to me. So I'm I, I hope that uh, that PCS X2 gets that resolved here pretty soon, because I would love to play Burnout 3 Takedown beginning to end again, because it was one of the games that I 100%ed on the original Xbox. And I kind of want to play that game again. It was a heck of a lot of fun. The closest thing we've got to it is the Criterion. Uh, after Criterion was purchased by EA, was we got um, Need for Speed Payback, which was very similar to Takedown, but it was also ea where you had the the weird voiceover and the open world gameplay that they tried ever since underground two. And I never really bought into it. It's like, just send me to a race and let me drive. Don't make me go around the map and honk my horn to challenge people and meet at this intersection. Just that's not what I'm playing this game for. I'm playing this game because I want to knock people off the road. Not because I care about EA overdrive or whatever the hell they call their This is Crash FM. No, that's not why I play this game. (sighs) Uh, What else do we got here? Uh, Jeremy, $5. Worth my time switching to Proxmox from Zen Server. Over the last couple of years, I've spent a lot of time in ESXi, Zen Server, and inside of Proxmox. And I fall more and more in love with Proxmox, the more I use it. Um, it is definitely a system that I think is overlooked a little too often in the industry. Um, it's very powerful for what it can do for, especially when you get into the clustering of it um, and, and the high availability, like in a in an open source operating system that is $0 to license and use versus Zen server, which is paid for any version that you want of it, and ESXi, which has a free version, but any version worth using as a paid version. I there's a hard argument to be said against Proxmox for its its central manageability, uh, ZFS integration, and just overall feature set of what you can do with that OS and that hypervisor. Um, that and it's just open source KVM. It's just a shell for KVM, but it's a dang good one. So. Uh, Big Big Spoon, $20. Congrats on the new pool in your basement, buddy. Hashtag pandemic vacation. I plan to send you a Brad uh, Brad Gossi children's book. Um, I'll see when it gets here if it's something that can be read to my children. Actually, I completely forgot I had a package from Bite My Bits, and I forgot to ask him if I could open it on the air. So if you give me about 15 seconds, I'm going to run downstairs, and I'm going to open a package that is completely unopened from Bite My Bits and uh you'll either see it or not so hold on i'll be right back And we're back. So this was a direct Amazon purchase. And uh, I know it's from Jason because Jason sends me things addressed this way. We'll we'll just say. And I'm opening it down here just in case it's something I can't show on the air. (laughs) You son of a bitch. Uh. Jason bought me some, uh, water alert sensors. <laughs> you son of a bitch. Uh, Yeah. Water alert sensors. That's awesome. <laughs> Uh, What do you get the man who has everything? Something to keep his basement dry. Thank you, Jason. Thank you. I actually appreciate that. And I will probably install them. Um, So a lot of people ask, well, don't you have high water sensors? We do. They also run on 110. So they're kind of useless when the power goes out. I think this is the first useful thing Jason has ever done. I'm pretty sure. My security system includes a water sensor. Yeah, um, both of our sumps have battery backups and high water sensors and failure alarms and a whole bunch of other things, but it all runs on 110. And when the batteries don't work, None of the rest of it does either. So I end up with my daughter coming into my bedroom saying, can I snuggle with you guys for a little bit? Oh, hold on. My feet are wet. Yeah. Isn't KVM QEMU more software versus bare metal? No, it still uses Intel, uh, Intel VT or AMD V, uh, processes just like any other hypervisor would it's bare metal virtualization uses the same api and and plugins that any other hypervisor would use you can pass through PCI express cards via native intel vtd or amd vtx uh that you can on any other system it's it's bare metal it's as bare metal as a hypervisor gets so uh (laughs) Corey gibson five dollars i would have sent a sponge <laughs> um i'm actually kind of surprised none have showed up to be honest now i've only been to my mailbox once since all this happened i think i went on i went yesterday uh, and i'm gonna go back again tomorrow because i've got a couple packages coming in um but uh does aws still use zenvert um i'm actually not sure what aws is using these days um Not entirely sure. What's in the glass tonight? Uh, Bourbon County Stout 2020 Fog. This is the uh, Earl Grey Tea, Black Tea, and Honey blend with their barrel-aged stout. And it's quite good. Very, very good. It's getting better even as it warms up. Like... It's just good. (laughs) Rev says, so effing jelly right now. Yep. Uh, AWS switch to KVM. Okay, there you go. VMware is still the best hypervisor. It's pretty good. There's a lot of good hypervisors, though. There's also some really bad ones. (laughs) I'll say that. Anyway. What else do we got? Uh, I don't know. What else do you guys want to talk about? I got a couple minutes left. I do have a couple minutes left before uh, we call this stream good for the night. I know we started 20 minutes late, but that doesn't mean we're going to go 20 minutes late. I'd still like to get off 10 p.m. ish. Do you like Hyper-V? I administered Hyper-V for... eight years, I want to say, where it was almost a 100% Hyper-V environment. Um, Hyper-V works great if you're a 100% Windows environment. Um, And I'm going to make a comparison that's not often made, but it really makes sense. Hyper-V is Microsoft's attempt to out-apple Apple, Apple, where you have to live within the walled garden. If you want Hyper-V to work properly, you need Active Directory and domains and schema and, and everything else underneath it if you want your windows servers inside of hyper-v to act properly they have to run windows they have to run the windows services that are meant to be running and they have to all be the same version and you can run linux under hyper-v but half your crap is broken like backups Uh, you can run whatever you want under hyper-v because it's still just virtualization based on intel vt and, and amdx But there's so many problems and so many features that are missing. PCI Express pass-through. It's not there. Uh, SRIOV support. It's not there. Uh, It works really well in an all-Windows environment. The problem is you have to be an all-Windows environment. And there are so many justifications for running non-Windows native services. Uh, DHCP and DNS, let's say you want to run NX filter instead of a Windows DNS server. It'll run inside of a Hyper-V environment, but it's kind of a pain. Uh, if you want to run a Unify controller inside of Ubuntu instead of Windows because you don't want uh, the java windows client installed you just want the java runtime environment installed inside an ubuntu machine because it's a hell of a lot safer well you can do that but you're going to miss out on a lot of the integration features from hyper-v because there are no linux hyper-v features enabled it's windows only or you get no integration features so hyper-v is frustrating it's stable and it works so long as you play ball within their ecosystem. If you don't play ball within their ecosystem, they out-apple the best of them uh, because it's not supported and it's not something you should be running. So, yeah, that's my opinion. Uh, Ian, $10 donation. I'm 25 and need to get my life together. I've been into computers since I was five. I've been interested in networking and service for a long time. Uh, Do you have any tips on how to get into the industry... Uh, That is a great question. Um, And one I don't know that I'm fully qualified to answer because I kind of fell into the industry. Um, I started off my college career as a music education major. Uh, I was going to teach band and do private lessons for a living. Um, And I spent about a year in college. And then I thought back to all of the band teachers and conductors and private instructors I had ever had and realized that all of them were 60 years old and it had, had that job for 35 years. So it was pretty good job security if you had the job, but those were the only positions available. And I didn't feel like if I ever got married and had a family and whatnot, I didn't want to live at the whim of wherever I had a job available and that's where I need to live at. I, I wanted to choose where I live and then choose a job based within that geographic region. Um, and I needed to have a little bit, <laughs> I, I wanted a little bit more freedom than what it gave me and a little bit better job security because 20 years ago, what was the thing that was cut first from every single school budget? It was the music program. It was the choir program. It was the this, it was that. And when you go music education, you don't get a second in math, or you don't get a second in this. You're you're a music education major, and that's what you're endorsed in, and that's what you can teach. So, you either get one of the 150 jobs in the state of Oregon as a band director, or you go hungry. So, I chose not to go hungry. <laughs> uh, I fell into my network position at age 21. I started on the help desk. And by age 23, I had become the second in command server administrator. Uh, And by age 25, I was running the department. And at age 25 through wherever else, uh, I ran the department. So... Yeah, it was uh, not your usual foray into tech. Um, What I will say is certs are way more uh, important than formalized education because certs can be done on a much more modern basis where a computer science degree or computer networking degree is often based on 10-year-old technology. So a modern certification so if you want to go the cisco route you get your ccna your ccn and uh ccns ccn plus um you get all of your cisco certs and you go hardcore into cisco because no one's ever been fired for buying cisco or you get your net plus certs or you get windows administration certs um that's pretty much where i went with a lot of things is i have a uh Windows Server 2008 R2 and deploying Windows Vista certification. Those are my certs. I'm certified to deploy Windows Vista with Windows Deployment Services. So, uh, yeah, that's uh, that's how you get it. Uh, Gear seekers, ever tried nested virtualization with ESXi inside Hyper-V? What are you, a masochist? Good God, Nick. What what the hell are you doing over there? I mean, I know you guys are upside down, but I didn't know you were upside down and backwards. Uh, Novella Hub. I just ordered a children's book for your girls. You should see it soon. Uh, You will know it from me. You will know it is me from the book title. Thank you, Novella Hub. That is so cool. Um see Vista for life baby yeah no one says that um I did say on the air the other night I think I was on the uh the discord after show chat we were chatting on Saturday Saturday night after I had dried my feet off um that uh Vista as bad of a rap as it gets um it was actually okay Vista got a bad rap for driver and compatibility support, which laid mainly at the feet of third-party vendors, of, of driver makers and and third-party uh, manufacturers and software developers. It didn't necessarily lie with Microsoft, but the thing is, if something doesn't work on Microsoft Vista that does work on XP, Microsoft gets the blame. Um Best response ever. That is the response I was expecting. <laughs> uh, uh, have I tried vSphere, NSX, vSAN, vScf suite together uh, with SDDC? Um, I've never ran the entire suite. Um, I I have a license for just about anything that I want. Uh, insert Captain Jack cat here. Um, but... Uh, Yeah, no, I've never ran the entire suite in deployment because number one, I never had $5,000 to spend on licensure to make it actually legit. Number two, I didn't have $5,000 to spend on a whim to possibly migrate off of a Hyper-V environment where my data center licenses for all my Hyper-V servers were also free because that's the one thing that if you run Hyper-V, you can run Windows inside Hyper-V for free as long as you pay for the either device or user cals. And so it really lowers the price of getting Windows data center and Windows standard, um, where data center is usually like $1,700 per license. And then you have to play pay device and user cals on top of that, depending on how it's going to be used. So DHCP server, you have to license devices to get DHCP leases. So you have to estimate how many devices are in your environment or will be getting, uh, DHCP leases at any certain time, and that server has to be licensed for that number of, of devices or you fall out of compliance. Now, there's really no checks and balances in that because who the hell keeps track of that many DHCP records? But that's the way the licensure reads, is if you run a Windows Hyper-V server with a Windows virtual machine underneath it as a DHCP server and only a DHCP server, you need device licensure for every device that gets a DHCP license from it. Yeah. So that's also what I think of of Hyper-V is screw the licensing because they've licensed themselves into oblivion because no one could ever possibly be in compliance with Hyper-V and Windows licensing. It's not possible. Even Microsoft doesn't know how their damn licenses work. You're damn right. They don't. They don't have a clue how their own licenses work because they will say, well, you need this license and this license to run this. Oh, you have Vizio on top of that. Oh, you need this extra license, which is the Windows Server 2019 plus V2 three pack that that does the, that's their licensing scheme. Like it is absolutely ridiculous. Jim says they want you to use Azure. Then why have they been doing the same crap since 2003? Azure wasn't a thing back then. And I've said repeatedly, number one, Windows as a client OS should be free now, especially because we are becoming the client or we are becoming the product. We are becoming nothing more than the data mine for Microsoft to make money off of, even though we're already paying for the Windows license or an OEM is paying for the Windows license for you. The cost trickles down somewhere and usually it's anywhere between 20 and $100. But if Microsoft is making money elsewhere off of your advertising data, Windows should be free, period. And it already kind of is because you can activate almost anything as a Windows 10 license. Or you can just give them the middle finger and run a KMS emulator. You didn't hear that from me. All right. Uh, yep, that's why you never hear a company getting audited and fined on the uh, um, on the paper. Um, I've had a couple of people that I've known who have been audited by Microsoft. And it's actually a a fairly pleasant process where they just want to make sure you're in compliance. They don't necessarily want to come after you with the hammer unless they find that you are literally not licensing anything and running everything for free because their licensing is so convoluted, not even they know how to run it properly. So as long as you've made a best effort, you're usually fine. Um, but yeah, it's it's really frustrating. Microsoft's entire licensing schema is so incredibly frustrating and convoluted. There is no possible way to run everything 100% correctly. But all that being said, it is 10 after the hour of 10 o'clock. This has been a fantastic beer. Oh, big big spoon, will you light the fireplace for the after party? You know what? I just might. Uh, so we'll see um but anyway this has been a fantastic beer and overall I think a pretty decent Q&A and show um thank you all so much now I I said this in the video that will be coming out literally in like an hour um but thank you all so much for the amount of support that you guys have shown me and my family um during what was a very difficult couple of days um Luckily, I think the worst of it is behind us. And uh, as I alluded to early on, we got probably the best possible news from our appraisal that we could have hoped for. So watch the video when it comes out. Uh, I go into a little bit more detail there about insurance and and everything else. Um, But I try to make it interesting, so as to not bore you. Um, But truly, I mean, I, I do this for a living. I get paid because you guys watch. But uh, but you guys absolutely make it worth it. Uh, I, I don't know how I ever got so lucky with a community, but the community who watches my channel is the best. And I, I really do mean that because look at my Discord server. Where else can you have 500 people on the internet gather and no one's a dick? I don't know. Like it's rule number one of my server is don't be a dick. And really no one is. And it's amazing. So thank you all for that uh the d five dollar canadian yay fireplace yes so fireplace will be lit during the after party please come join uh michael two dollar donation a little bit booked fund thank you so much my daughter definitely appreciates that uh john j s'mores um i don't think that'll be cooking s'mores over there um yeah ruby might get upset if i'm leaning over her to to cook s'mores um maybe another time maybe during the summer well i've got an outside uh, fire pit as well maybe we'll do some s'mores this summer anyway thank you so much for watching this episode of talking heads number 171 as always i'm jeff Make sure to like this video if you liked it and subscribe to Craft Computing if you haven't done so already. Catch me on the replay over on anchor.fm or wherever your favorite podcasts are found. And if you want to join the Discord and the Super Secret After Party, think about joining the Patreon or Floatplane. Links are both down in the video description. You'll get exclusive access to said Discord server where you can chat with myself, John, Rhett, Steve, all of the hosts from Talking Heads and keep the show going over there. Thank you all so, so much for watching. Uh... It's been an emotional week. It's been a, a rough week, but uh, it, it we're coming out the other side and it's been pretty great. So thank you all so much. Uh, for those who are a member of Floatplane and Patreon, I will be over in the after party momentarily. And for the rest of you, I will see you next Wednesday. Cheers, guys.